Ladies and gentlemen, class is in session. Welcome to the Culture Connoisseur, where we're going to teach a master class of epic proportions about real, uncut business practices. And this is going to come from people who are real business owners, like, you know, podcast creators like myself, coaches, and other entrepreneurs. And they're going to give you the real, and they're going to shed some light on how to be successful and shed some light on their failures, too, because oftentimes we want you to be successful, but we give you no blueprint of how to do it. So strap in, get cuddled up with a pen or pad and get ready for the podcast that's going to blow your mind. Without further ado, our motto, everybody can eat, B. What's going on, everybody? It is. It is the Culture Connoisseur. It is episode 10. Well, 10A. We've tried to record this episode before, but the episode got corrupted, so we have to redo it. You guys are in for a a treat, like a straight treat. And I am super stoked and super excited to introduce somebody who was on the podcast for the second time. Well, technically the third, but Second time and the first time as a guest on the Culture Connoisseur, she was a guest on Jabber and Jamar talking about um, self-care, and she is now a small business owner. So we're going to be talking to my good friend, Stacy Ryder. So Stacy, if you want to, you can come on and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. She's actually on the phone, so you'll only hear her audio, but her logo and stuff is in the right-hand corner for those who care to look. Hey, can you hear me good? Yeah, we can hear you perfect. <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Stacey, like Jamar said. I am the creator and owner of Positive Me, which is a, I don't know, it's kind of hard to, to pin down, but I've been calling it a mixed media company. And I provide, I try to provide resources for people to, uh, for lack of better words, live their best life. I have, we have books out there, journals. Recently, we've been doing stickers just to kind of bring back a little bit of simple joy in people's lives, you know, with everything going on in 2020, um, just to give a little bit of positivity back into the world. So that's kind of my spiel. Um, we're, you know, continuing on, we have a picture book coming out soon, hopefully by the holidays, if not definitely in the new year. So just a lot of different resources pretty much for all ages that's super dope um i don't want to cut you off but like i my first question for you was what is sim- uh simply me but it's supposed to be positive me but that's sort of typo so i will get rid of that um well, no, si- simply me is fine because that simply me is the sticker um my sticker brand pretty much okay so all right well that's all encompassing so can you tell us a little bit about Simply me. I know it's the stickers that you do, but can you give everybody a little bit more insight of what that actually is? Yeah, so they are hand-drawn stick die-cut stickers that I really don't even know how I got into doing. Um, I really wanted to find a program that I could try and illustrate picture books with, and I'm not really that great of an artist, but somehow I found a way to have fun with it. And then I got the idea to do stickers just because... Um, I just think that they're fun and they just give people simple joy. And it's funny. My, I had asked my dad randomly one time, like I was talking to him about it. I was like, I don't really know how I got into the idea of stickers. And he's like, well, you kind of collected stickers as a kid and you were really, really obsessed with them then. So I guess that kind of came back to me, but it's been really fun. It took a turn that I didn't expect. People were asking me to design things for, you know, a lot of my friends have small businesses right. and I've, I've been, you know, asked to do some logos for people. Um, I created, my friend has a farm stand or a little bake, I guess it's like a like baked goods and home decor stand down at her, at her house in Virginia. And she asked me to design stickers for candles that she was going to make. So it's just pretty cool how it's taken a turn. Right. Um, and like you've designed stuff for me and especially when I first started, with even when Jabber went Jamar, like that was or the the first draft of my Coach Connoisseur stuff 
was actually used. So a lot of people don't actually know that. But that was our first, like probably one of your first stickers that you did was mine. And I was super stoked when I got them. Um, the brand had to take kind of a change because I started doing more stuff. But other than that, like I I loved it. Like I love the stickers there. I have them on my actually right now I have it on my laptop. So we're recording on a laptop with your stickers. Even my sneaker has anonymous first first draft logo was you. So yeah. so like you were there from the beginning. And I like I, I tell you all the time, I really appreciate all the work that you did do to start me out because it's really it seems kind of formidable when you first start out and tell somebody you're an idea. You're hoping that they don't laugh at you, but at the same time, you're I was glad that you took it on and even had the time to share with me to even sit down to design that. See, it's mutual too, because I was happy that you trusted me to do that. You know what I mean? So it, it's fun when you have people who trust in you and trust because sometimes, you know, like we'll get caught up in our own businesses and and try and figure out, you know, like, is this what people want? Is this what is going to make people happy? Is this going to make the person happy? And so when you have people who are willing to let you test out your own work with their business, it, it, it feels great. It feels, you know, know, it was really exciting for me. So (laughs) thank you. No, I'm actually, I'm super happy. Like I told everybody when they first started, like, I was like, this person is going to be one of the reasons why I stay going because like even when i am feeling down or i'm like not really sure that the brand is what i really what i really want to do i just call you or we have a conversation that's very candid and i appreciate that in our friendship that we can call and say okay listen this stuff is getting hard it's difficult and we kind of push each other to get through it so i am going to lead you to your next question and your next question is what is the goal of the brand and you've already told us how it started yeah so i so my goal isn't to be a sticker company. It's just kind of one of the many avenues that I've taken with the company. And Positive Me actually started out as an activity packet for kids that I made last year. And it was activities to cultivate mindfulness. And my my main goal in life is pretty much just to help people through hard times. Um, I've been kind of through, I mean, my biggest obstacle in life has been grief. Um, coming up on my 30th birthday, my uncle just recently passed away. That was the 15th person in my family to pass away. Wow. And so I, and, and there are a lot of other things below the surface that I, a lot of people don't know. I think you guys pretty much know most of it anyway, but right. there are a lot of things that have happened in my family and in life that just weren't great. And I, there were times in my life where like, I would just lay in bed and I never really wanted to, I didn't want to hurt myself, but like there were times where I would lay in bed and just like wish that I wouldn't wake up the next day. So I've hit really low points in my life and I don't want people to feel that way. So positive me has always kind of been, so it started out as the mindfulness activity and it's really morphed into what I've always wanted to do in teaching people how to, you know, pick themselves back up after a hard hard time or help them through hard times and I don't want people to go through life and be like oh I'm never going to experience a hard time again and and I don't want like the toxic positivity to come out I just want people to be able to work through those hard times because there's always going to be some sort of obstacle in life yeah and I think we're all experiencing that at a, a global level this year and so I've really wrestled with positive me this year because Um, a lot's coming up for people. A lot of things are coming to the surface and the world looks very ugly right now with viruses and how people treat one another and and on the political spectrum, how people treat each other. And so I, it's been hard to kind of want to stick with it because it kind of feels like it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything for people. But then I just keep reminding myself, like people need, you know, people need this. People need the tools and the resources because we're not taught that growing up. We're taught kind of to stuff our emotions down and to just work through things. Right. Push them, push past things instead of actually turn and face them head on and work through them. So that's kind of where my resources come in. And then sometimes I'm like, why am I doing these stickers? Because they don't even go with the brand. But that's just like, I really want a little bit of simple joy in life too. So it does fall into the brand of it. 
And yeah, I, and I, I I think I say to like when I see the the photos and you post the things and then I see other people post about it when they post their stickers that you've made for them or things that you've designed for them and you might you might think they're very small and like not very uh, important but for that person that you've designed that for and now they can use that as a some type of physical something that that's tangible they can touch to to put out into the world that shows something that means something to them. Even if it's just birds or, you know, sunshine, like sometimes seeing that sunshine on that sticker is somebody's happy place or somebody's uh, happiness manifested in something that they can physically see and touch. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about like how the simple things in life, simply me or simple me, the simple things in my life can be everything to me. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of touched on like loss and grief and, you know, we kind of have some similar stories of, you know, losing our moms relatively early and kind of having to, um, kind of having to navigate that, um, in, you know, in the confines of also growing up and being an adult person and, you know, experiencing things that necessarily you didn't experience with that, um, that, that, um, that parent that, you know, missed out on something. So, it will kind of bring me to my next my next question for you. Um, if you could talk to yourself 10 years ago, talk to yourself from 10 years ago today, what would you tell yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would definitely say that, you know, you don't have to be perfect and continue being who you are because... I think I've always felt a little different than a lot of people in my life. Um, I think a lot differently than a lot of people. I feel like I, I really explore the depths of every aspect of my life. Um, and I, I, I struggled making connections with a lot of my friends 10 years ago, just because we had like, I, I've had some of the, most of the same friends since, elementary and middle school right um and there was a time where i kind of like went away from them because it was me like i just felt different than a lot of people um and that also kind of made me feel self-conscious like i i wasn't i i felt more of like the nerd who didn't really let loose and have fun (laughs) right so i probably tell myself to let loose and have a little bit more fun too like you're safe to do so but also just like also continue holding on to what you feel deep down because it's definitely served me in my adult life. So, I would say, yeah, I would say. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, serving yourself and, and you know, serving yourself is a little bit uh, more. You are a Penn State alumni. Alum. <laughs> so I know that we we met on like very different circumstances that what we are now like we were we met as i was sarah's husband so and you know for those who don't know stacy is one of sarah's like most beloved friends and like they come to the house and her and her husband todd and we always talk and kick it so for those who don't know um i didn't meet you on the pretense of being a penn state fan so (laughs) you know i met you as being sarah's you know one of her best friends and um, as through talking and you know how big I am in the Clemson football, like in sports in general, um, I have kind of, and I've mentioned, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but I am a part, I'm pretty much a Penn State fan as well since I live here. Um, I've already kind of already assumed that, and I've, you know, I've kind of taken that, you know, role as being a secondary Penn State fan. So if Clemson wasn't always in the national championship or in the playoff, and if we ever did run into Penn State, I would have a conflict of interest. I would <laughs> probably still choose Clemson because I am just that deeply embedded in Clemson culture. But I, I would I wouldn't be mad if anybody won that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I guess my my question to you now is for you as a Big Ten fan, or how are you feeling about Big Ten football? I am. A- because as you know, being an Eagles fan is very rough right now. Right. We might have won. We might have won Monday night, but I ugh, it's it's not a pretty season. So I'm really excited. Um Penn State, 
football was just such a huge thing for me when I was in college. And it was like probably the best time I had in college during football seasons. So every fall, it's really fun to kind of like be nostalgic and, and go through my memories and see all of my photos from being in Beaver Stadium. And so it's been a little rough, a little uh, rough start, but it's exciting. Um, I am actually, I have to figure out, I don't know if they released the time yet for that first game against Ohio State, because I'm actually coming home to hang out with everyone that night. So I'm like... We better not be missing this game. You won't. I'm going to be screaming. If, you're, if you are anywhere in my general vicinity, I am not an Ohio State fan. Everybody knows I, I dislike Ohio State with a passion as if I was a Michigan fan or a Penn State fan. So I am I am deeply rooted in hope that you guys beat them. And if there's a TV anywhere in Levittown that's on or Langhorn that's on, it's going to be at my house. I got two of them set up. And as you – you haven't been over here in a while, so I've actually redone like the man cave for like the fiftieth time. So um, I actually record in here too. So I've like added like some soundproofing things to make it sound better, and as well we added like a couple couches. So I am I'm fully ready. So if you really want to come, if you want to break from the girls, if it gets too hectic, then <laughs> we will come scoop you up and we'll bring you back to the house and we just kick it and watch the game. Um, Sounds good. I I always like I love to do this at the, kind of towards the like the end of like um of like my regular questions. Um I like to take a break and I like to like let everybody breathe off because a lot of the stuff that we're gonna get into is kind of heavy. Um yeah. so like I like to take a break. Like talking about Penn State, that gives us a nice little break and kind of gets us back rolling into what we need to talk about. Um all right, so I'm I'm going off, I'm going off the I'm going off the top. All right. So we are always talking about self-care and how we should, you know, basically the simple things make us happy. So in your, I guess your best estimation, what would you say is something that people need to be striving to do for self-care now that we're kind of been in, uh, we've been, well, technically we're not in quarantine anymore, I guess, but we're in COVID, like COVID timeframe with some type of limitations. What can we do? For our self-care now that we're still kind of in this state so i always think of it as like what you know the whole phrase you can't pour from an empty cup so i'm always like all right well what fills my cup up when i am very down and like i i've been hitting the slums of you know the the covid the lows and the highs and you know some days are great and other days i'm like what the heck but so I have to look and think, okay, well, what's going to fill my cup up to get me back to that, that high point, you know, like what's going to make me excited and, and motivated and running towards my dreams again. And so I think that's what I don't want to say should, cause I hate when people are like, Oh, you should do this, but it would help people to know what exactly helps them feel great. That is in a healthy way. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, I have people in my family and my life who have turned to substance abuse and, and that's not what I want to encourage, you know, and I, I know that it happens. So I, I, these things are to help people not turn to that and self-medicating. So I would say, you know, like it, it's simple things. Like for me, I love reading or I love watching funny shows and funny movies. Like we don't really watch movies in our house that are down in the dumps or we pretty much stick to comedy because I really just want to laugh and I want right. to be happy. So finding things that lift you up, um, listening to podcasts. A lot of people do that. If you have anything in nature that's close to you, even just getting outside. Like I know we're, we're very lucky. We have nine acres of land and we have our animals. And we have, there's a Creek right across the street from us. So like we can go be out in nature. It wasn't necessarily the same in Levittown. So I would go find a park that I could go to. Right. Um, and there's, and there's plenty around them. And even if you're just sitting outside for a few minutes and getting fresh air, it's, it's just one of those things where it, it kind of helps you release the stress in ways that you don't necessarily realize, but it, yeah, it's, it's basically finding those little things that you can do in the moment. Like I, the beach is a huge thing for me that I can't get to the beach all the time. Right. So I have to find other ways to lift my energy up. 
And sometimes it's talking to a friend or sometimes it's drawing, even if you're not good at You know what I mean? Like right. just doing things that bring you such simple joy that you can get lost in it for hours. Yeah, I I, I would also say like if, if someone was to ask me what my self-care was, I would probably say podcasting is one of them. Um, definitely being a sneakerhead, like that's definitely 90% of like, like retail therapy it's not just for girls. All right. Like I, I take, like, I take part in retail therapy all the time. Um, even like I was just talking to somebody on the, on the, um, the found time, the, the found time podcast, um, with my boy Christian, that is my, also my designer, uh, for most of my clothing. He actually, we actually got into a very, a very crazy conversation about being a sneakerhead and how it's more about, the the chase and the hunt of the sneaker than it really is about actually getting the sneaker because it like i was telling him it's like it's crazy that like i meet people and there's more people i meet that care about sneakers than you know the the normal person because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like your little nephew he's like what 10 50 or between 10 and 15 so yeah he's in that age group right now where i i really had gotten into sneakers like i was I was in it. Like I would do almost any, I would cut lawns. I would take poop out. Like I would do pretty much anything to earn the amount of money that I wanted to get either back to school shoes or shoes to hoop in. So like, I think that my self care started back then. Like it really, it really stemmed off of things that I wanted and then how to achieve those things. And my self care started back then, like buying sneakers and collecting sneakers and, uh, it's just the culture in general, like wanting to know when they came out. That was a part. Me being a sneakerhead is a part of my retail therapy, a part of my of my self care. So to me, that's my part of self care. Um, and that's and that's awesome. And that's what I don't think people realize is we when we think of self care, we think of these big elaborate spa days, or you know, we're really taking care of ourselves in a physical way but it's more so like what is just going to be that release for you what is going to allow you to step away and not to get all you know woo woo on people but what's going to ground you what's going to bring you back down you know what i mean right i mean yeah like i don't i don't yeah I, i'm yeah i'm thinking that that's definitely it like i don't i'm trying to think of like another way to put it but i think that's that's the definition of it. Like it's, it doesn't have to be something physical that you do to yourself. It has to be something you do for yourself. So, yeah, exactly. so I, I mean, so we're just going to transition right into it. Cause I know it's like, it's, this is about to get heavy. All right. Stacey is going to get super heavy. All right. So get ready for the heaviness. All right. Okay. So we have been like for the last couple of months and weeks, we've been preparing for an election and we've been preparing for, um, you know, basically picking sides to decide who's going to be the president, right? So there's yeah. been a lot of different things that have gone into that. Like there's been like a social justice side of it. There's been like a conspiracy side of it with the mass and COVID and all this stuff. And for some people, that's very heavy in that, and then, you know, because you, you're getting pulled each which away. So what side are you on? What side are you on? What side are you on? You're having a lot of people ask you and what side are you on? And I think for some people, I think it's causing more mental problems or more mental stress on people than people are willing to like let off. Like, yeah, because it's like, you're having to constantly pick a side. Like even me, like even with my friends, I feel like sometimes my friends feel like they have to pick a side because if they don't, they don't, they're not cool to hang out with me if they feel differently. And I don't, I don't think that I feel like we can disagree and still be cool but I don't think everybody feels that way. So it causes a level of stress where people are trying to conform or be who they who they aren't to seem like they're somebody they aren't, I guess. So yeah, I know what you're saying. So what are what are your what are your thoughts about like right now and like how to I guess support your friends and support the different causes that you want to support, but still be like, listen, if you're not on my side, like it's okay. Right. So if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I think it's a, a documentary that every single person in this entire world needs to watch because it touches on this exact topic. So basically, 
the internet was created and with such good intention to connect people to information and social media was created with such good intention to connect people to, you know, long lost family members or connect people with friends from college or friends they haven't seen in a while. And so the basis behind social media is actually good. The, the intention behind it is good, but it always comes down to how humans kind of, interject themselves into things and so that human nature of judgment and and envy and ego is all coming up and it's coming up huge this year and i think a lot of it is one it's an election year and two people really didn't have a lot of other things to do other than be on social media this year right and so we've learned we've unlearned how to speak to one another we've we have never we've somehow forgotten how to debate each other in a way that's constructive and not demoralizing to someone else or demeaning to someone else. Because if I go on social media and I see people talking to each other about a topic there, it doesn't take very long for someone to insult the other person. It doesn't at all. And it honestly, I've struggled with, staying on social media solely for positive me and sharing your things and sharing Lauren's stuff, sharing my other friends' businesses are pretty much the only reason why I'm still on social media because I hate what it's done to everybody. I hate what we've done to ourselves. Right. And so I think people, and one of the things the social dilemma talks about is how there's this algorithm. And so when people, you, get, you see it, like we could be talking about, I don't know, um, the weather. And then we're going to go on Facebook later or tomorrow and there's going to be some ad about weather. You know what I mean? Like right. that little, we all joke about it as the FBI agents or whatever. Right. And so everybody has that algorithm, but their search engine and their whatever underlying technological term there is, is generating that for them constantly. And so people who think, let's say like, everybody who votes, who wants to vote for Biden, they're constantly seeing things that go along with their purpose because that is what is continuously coming up in their search engines and what's coming up in keywords. So that's the information that they're going to continue to see. And it's the same thing on the other side. So the people who are conservative have certain beliefs. So they're talking about that and that's, what's going to continue to come up in their feed. Right. And so we're not necessarily seeing topics that go against what we believe unless it's someone else posting it and then we it's people get defensive over their beliefs which i understand i really get it and it's really hard for me because i really am a middle of the road person like i really don't like the way people are treated and i definitely believe in all of the causes that have come up this year for social injustice but then you turn around and you see people treating each other in a way that it's like, okay, well, you're kind of taking away from your cause and like your cause is beautiful and your message is beautiful. But when you turn around and you pick on someone else or you yell at someone or you call them an idiot or you stoop to insulting their family or something like that, like you're completely rearranging what you were, you know what I mean? Like you're completely taking away from your argument. And right. so he, I think it's just people really need to learn how to speak to one another again. And I, I kind of wish social media would just go away because I, we're forgetting how to be human beings with it. Right. We're very comfortable saying things online that we would not say in person. Yeah, that's. I think that's where I kind of draw the line. Like on social media, social media is great. I do a lot of stuff on social. Well, clearly this podcast is on social media and streaming live. Um, and I put out a lot of information on social media. I have my own thoughts on things. Um, social issues and whatnot, and I do put them out on social media. So I feel like, in a way, in a sense, that is a great place to vent. But at the same time, if you can't handle social media, sometimes people need a break from social media. And I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes people need to take a break from social media to to check back into real life and like everyday life. It's not easy to be a young person in this particular time in our in our culture in our world because there's a lot of things that are changing and there's a lot of entities that you know at one point we thought were for us and we're realizing that maybe the establishment might not have been for us and that's kind of a hard 
feel a hard pill to swallow because we were told that there was this American dream. And I think for a lot of people our age, I'm not going to say my parents age or our parents age, because that's a big gap between people that are in their sixties or going to their sixties to people that are just reaching their thirties. Like that's 30 years in 30 years, your thought process in that generation of people is astronomically different. Um, and we see it all the time. Like older ladies that I know are not offended by things that men might have said uh, about um, not equal pay or um, just being just sexist and sexually borderline sexual harassment. They're okay with because you got to think about in their lifetime they had to deal with it all the time. Right. It, it was a it was a norm for them. But now. You guys, like, well, not gonna say you guys, you ladies that are in your early 30s or in that, I would say cut it off around 37. At 37, 38, even though some early 40-year-olds, you say something to them out of pocket at your workplace about not equal pay or sexually harassing them, they're telling somebody because at the end of the day, they didn't come there to be sexually harassed. They came there to do a job. But I and I think that there's the difference. What we were, what we are willing to accept now, and things that we were willing to accept back then, is such a, like I said, it's such so astronomically different that like it's hard to reach out to those older people who have lived like that their entire life. Where a guy might have whistled at a girl on the street and it might have been accepted, but now it's called catcalling. What's well, always been called catcalling, but it's, it's frowned upon. You know, yeah. you know, before you got with your guys and you're walking down the street, you see a hot girl, you whistle at her. Your boys are giving you high fives and saying, oh, yeah, look at her. She look at her. Why? And that's harassment. That's borderline. If it's not borderline, it's, it's actually harassment. So, yeah. you know, like the things that we're willing to deal with now in this day and age compared to what we were willing to deal with before is not always intrinsically um shown as far as our leaders go and i think that's why there's a big divide in like the two different sides because the two different sides don't really all that much uh, believe in the two people that are up to be the president but like you kind of caught in the middle so it's like that's what that's what drives me nuts too is that like i think most people agree that these are not people that we've we actually want to see no but they are the people who have been given the most time and energy so like there are so many people who, and and please, anybody listening to this, like, this is just me trying to say as objective as possible and use an example. Like, this is not me putting my political beliefs out there. But let's take, for example, how many people dislike Donald Trump. People will spend more time and energy talking about how much they cannot stand this man rather than talking up a candidate that they prefer. Right. And that's where I think Joe Biden came in. And there may be people who are very into Joe Biden, and I'm not, I'm not discounting them or whatever. But more, like that's what I continuously see, and it's funny. I see how many people cannot stand Donald Trump, and they all they do is post about Donald Trump. So they are giving their time and energy. And there's a saying where, where attention goes, energy flows. Or it might be that might be backwards, but. Yeah, I, I think Wherever it's somewhere. You put your attention, your energy is going to go. And there's, you know, the whole idea of these people who are the unlikely candidates or the unfavorite candidates usually win because people spend so much of their time fighting that rather than focusing on the positive, the solution, the thing that's actually going to help us move forward. And taking it away from politics think about anything that anybody's ever wanted to change in their life. So like, let's talk, a lot of people struggle with money. I have struggled with money. Right. A lot of us have grown up with beliefs that money is hard to come by or money doesn't grow on trees or you have to work and hustle and grind for, for money to enjoy your life. And so we all continue to grow these beliefs and we focus on we say like, oh, I want my money situation to change, but all we do is focus on the situation that currently is rather than focusing on the solutions that we can do. You know what I mean? So so then taking that back out to the grander scheme of things, when you continuously put your time and energy into things that you don't want to see, you're only giving that much more energy attention into that. 
so there's a way you can let's take social injustice for example and i obviously as a white female cannot speak on what it's like to be you know discriminated against right um in, in a female sense maybe but i as a person of color i'm not a person of color i would not be able to to do that i'm not a minority in that sense right and so but you see people who continuously bring up that it's hard it's a touchy subject so if i i really am not trying to step on toes it is a very serious issue there, we shouldn't be talking this shouldn't be an issue in 2020 you know what i mean like people are people we need to start seeing each other as that like there is no i just don't see more value of my life as a white person over your life you know what i mean like you have just as much value to in my eyes right you know what i mean so like it, it's hard for me because i don't want people to think i'm i'm discounting their feelings because that's not what i want to go with but, no no i understand i i think what you're i think what you're saying is like a lot of people say they don't see color and to say that for real is really like it's really weird to say it to say oh i don't see color but i think that people instead of saying i don't see color i think you should maybe people should start saying i don't want to use color as a tool to how i think about you i never would describe you as the black guy like i would never describe you as the white girl like i would describe you as this is stacy my friend like that's how i would describe you and exactly and, and that's where a lot of people because a lot of people it, words are hard because you know people you can say something and i think you you said this in one of your podcasts um recently you can say something or you can put something out there with the purest intention and there's going to be someone out there who is not going to receive it that way they'll receive right. it from where their standpoint well their own perspective and their own point of view and that's that's why it, we find it so hard to please everybody because we are all coming to the table in such different ways and so when people sit there and talk like all right i'll do like the war on, like a war on drugs because it's a little less of a maybe not a little less of a touchy subject but the more we fight drugs the more we're taking away from the issue of what causes the drug, you know, the right. drug use, you know what I mean? Like it's a mental health issue that stems deeper. And so when people are mistreating one another, there's something deep within them that is causing them to act this way. Now, is there an exception to the rule? Absolutely. There's always going to be that one person or that group of people that just kind of sucks at their core. Right. And they're going to refuse to change. But most people act the way they do because of something that they cannot get over from their past. Right. And so it's really, really hard when someone is showing you hate or someone is showing you a displeasing situation. It's really hard to show them compassion. And it's really hard to like people say like, oh, I'm, they're, they're not the victim. I'm the victim. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're not placing victimhood on anybody. You're just saying like, yo, like something in your mind or your life is not the way you truly want it to be at your core. And this is why you were acting that way. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I truly think if people were truly happy and living out the lives that they want to, think about how many people don't get to live out their dreams. Oh, yeah. How that, how that mentally affects them. For sure. Or think about how many people were told they would amount to nothing in life, that they were dumb, that they would never be more than that that dumb football player, or they would, and I don't think the football players are dumb. This is just an example. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So people have this story playing over and over and over in their heads, and they then turn that out towards people. And I think that's a lot of the reason why we are in the climate that we're in these days, because no one is willing, I shouldn't say no one. The majority of the people are not willing to look at themselves and see what they're not willing to work through the things that they need to work through in order for right. the society to be more harmonious. And yeah, I think yeah, I, I think that's kind of where that's kind of where we are. Like I think because you know there's so many different demographics that they're not living, they're not being treated equally, and they're not different different factions. Are not being treated correctly that there's a lot of animosity and or hate towards the other side and yeah. because of that hate and because of that animosity we kind of we kind of give it to other people like we're like okay well you know like 
they're not gonna feel they'll never know what this is like so i gotta make you feel what i feel or yeah. feel what i feel for a little bit but so you can get it and i think i've yeah, like- I think I've fallen. I think I've fallen prey to that a couple of times. Like I just because I've been so upset about what I see outwardly, then I will project that on somebody else because you need to feel what I feel, even if even though that's a real raw emotion, what I'm feeling, and it is not coming from a real place of hate. It's just of a place of knowledge that I want you to know how it makes me feel. That like sometimes yeah. it can be like it can put people off a little bit. Like I can see that. Yeah. And, and that's a human reaction. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I just really wish people would notice is that we are all freaking human beings and we're all rolling up to this table with so much, so much, so much baggage that we don't even realize we have half the time. Right. And, and it's not to take away the responsibility of being a decent human being to other people. Like, I don't, I don't think racists are, I'm not defending them. I don't really find the need to associate myself with them. But I also know that's their shit that they need to work through. Nothing I say, no Facebook debate or argument or me screaming at them at the top of my lungs is ever going to change them. Something is going to happen in their life that needs to change them. So I like to put my time and energy into causes that are going to move society forward and i think that's where a lot of us kind of we feel like if we're not standing up and and saying this is wrong or throwing our time and energy into yelling at people on facebook and and we're not showing it on facebook so it means we must not be doing it it's kind of like okay but i can spend my energy doing that and it's gonna get us literally nowhere or i can spend my time and energy putting myself into resources that are actually going to help people right and and i'm not saying it that people shouldn't vocalize how they feel i absolutely would never tell someone don't say how you feel that's i never want to ever make someone feel that way i just think our time and attention could be spent actually building the size the society that we want to instead of beating a dead horse pretty much true so I'm going to, I told you I was making it heavy. I'm going to make it light to end this thing up because we're running. <laughs> so we're going to end it. And I appreciate it because a lot of times when you tell somebody it's going to be heavy, they don't really want to talk about it. So like at the end of the day, I really do thank you for your candor and I appreciate your perspective because regardless if you know it or not, that perspective might be somebody else's perspective that listens to this and they will, they won't feel weird. Like, you know, a lot of times people feel weird for being who they are. But if you heard that somebody else was just like you, you wouldn't feel so weird anymore. So I'm gonna be honest, I really hate talking about the topic of it because I know I don't think along the lines of a lot of people nowadays. And it I've gotten a lot of shit for it and I've gotten a lot of people say some really nasty things and it's like I you know what? It's I don't it, it's funny because people are like, Oh, we need to we need positive change and then they go and yell at you and you're like, Well, how is that creating positive change? All right. Well, this this so, is a this is a safe split, a safe space. So you can say and like that's a part of it. A part of it is having a safe space to learn. Like even if you don't understand something, like you were very clear and said, "Hey, I don't understand what it's like to be a minority. That is not my that isn't my mantle. I don't know about that." So yeah. the caveat to that is okay, but we're having a conversation, so we're learning from each other. And yeah. You know, so that's part of it. So if they want to yell at you, you already know that you don't need to talk to that person. But I'm gonna make right, it light again for you. And that's well, sorry, just like tangent, but that's where I kind of mean with like the entire country is that like you know you don't need to talk to people who are not willing to see your perspective. And so that's where a lot of the div- the division is right now. No one's willing to see each other in the middle. Right. Um, so I I think until we learn how to kind of work through our own shit and and talk and kind of just realize like all right yeah i I, i'm great but there's some things that i can work on that's gonna make this world a better place that's when everyone takes responsibility for themselves instead of putting the responsibility and the blame and everything on someone else that's when we're gonna have you know great progress all right so i'm gonna make it light for you again you ready yeah so your eagles so we we it's not it's not light like it's not it's not easy to talk about because they're they're not very good right now but it's a lot lighter than social justice 
So, <laughs> so the Eagles, like I live in Philly for those of you guys don't know. So I am surrounded by Philadelphia Eagles fans and I am a Steelers fan. So this week will be great for me. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this is nothing short of the ass kicking. We have all dreamed that you guys would get, but I, but I will say something and I, and as a non Eagles fan who lives in Philly, I have certain players that I really have taken a liking to since I, I live here and I have to hear about the Eagles all the time. And a lot of times I can't even watch the Steelers play because they don't show them on TV. They only show the Eagles. So I am, I am almost forced to know some players. And I think my favorite player from the Eagles right now, even though he doesn't play very much is Jalen hurts. And and I'm going to say that I'm going to preface this by saying I was a Jalen Hurts fan even when he was at Alabama, a big Jalen Hurts fan when he went to Oklahoma, and not because of his actual playing. And I'm going to preface that by saying I wasn't a Jalen Hurts fan because I thought he was a great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. I do. But I think he's an exceptional human being. And And I say that to say this. His journey, if you guys ever have time to look at his whole journey from the time he was recruited at Alabama to him being uh, graduating and transferring to Oklahoma, you should look at it. It is a it is a story to teach young people who are um, engaging in sport because it teaches you how to not only be a good person, but be a great teammate. Um, Just a brief synopsis. Jalen Hurts started at Alabama, won a national championship. They recruited a guy named Tua Tungavaloa. We all know the story. He come take his job. Uh, they were struggling. He wins the national championship. Um, subsequently, um, they fight for a job. So Tua comes back the next year. Jalen is actually benched for Tua. And instead of Jalen actually transferring that year after he was benched, he stayed the rest of his year, helped, helped Tua become a better quarterback, and actually helped them through the scheme. They became friends. And then he, the next year, then transferred as a graduated uh, senior to finish out at Oklahoma, had a great year at Oklahoma, and then was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the second round, first pick for the, uh, well, second pick for the Eagles um, in that um, in that draft. And people thought I was crazy when I said Jalen Hurts is going to play more of a, a bigger part, integral part of the Eagles than people want to believe. And He's been in the game to not only be a decoy, but he's been in the game and made some big plays. And I actually might see him getting a lot more touches in the future. So I haven't been able to see a lot of him. I I haven't been able to see what he's been in because we it sometimes we don't get the Eagles games here. Oh, you get Pittsburgh. We get Pittsburgh and we also get um either the Ravens and Washington because we're, we're so close. very close. Yeah, we're really close to the Maryland border. So the last game, we got this past game, and then the game before that when they played the Rams, I believe. Right. We didn't get it until the overtime. <laughs> so I didn't oh, get to see really anything until overtime, and it's uh, – I hate being in Spencer, Pennsylvania. I just miss my teams. But um, – <laughs> I yeah, so I really haven't been able to see, unfortunately, because I've had to watch Wentz and I, nothing against Carson Wentz as a human being, but he's just pissed me off as a quarterback. <laughs> I think you're, and and that's the thing. I think you're with a lot of different people that I know is that they're just tired of his shit. Like they're either, hey, we're paying you a hundred million dollars. You need to figure it out, dude. Like there's no more. Oh, I'm hurt. I get hurt all the time. Like there's no more of that. It's you need to provide results. And he's in no worse situation than the 49ers or any of these other teams that are riddled by injuries. It's just that they're paying him a lot more money to do it than they're paying the guy, the 49ers. So, you know, like. So I'm I'm also really protective of Penn State guys. So, like, I feel like he relies heavily on Miles Sanders. And I think people are going to start to catch on. And they're going to do the same thing to Miles that they've continuously done to Saquon that – He's just gonna keep. He's gonna end up getting hurt, and I'm gonna be pissed off that both Miles and Saquon are hurt. Yeah, I mean, but I, you could have seen that coming from a mile away. Like Saquon, was, uh, the Giants don't deserve him. Mike Devane is listening to this. His shit ass team does not deserve. Oh him. no, no, Mike, Mike, do not listen to this. I hope you don't hear this, Mike. I love you, Mike. Don't let her, don't let her I come at you like that. 
I've said this to him. They do not deserve my Saquon because that poor boy is just, he's one of those people too, that like, he's a phenomenal player, but he's such an amazing human being. Right. Right. That's, and that's what, that's what sucks when these guys get hurt. I mean, when you see a, a dirt bag that like beats his wife or something, you know, when you see him get hurt, you don't feel bad about that. But when you right. see a legitimate, like good person, good, you know, good, you know, father, a good, like, you know, just a human and you see them get hurt, you see that adversity they have to face. I think that it kind of, it, it, it's a good for, t- it's not good for TV, but it's definitely good for people to see that adversity can come to those who we put on a pedestal, who we believe can't do no wrong and adversity yeah. is the one thing that it's not a respect of persons it does not care um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep it going because we're at about 50 minutes but i thank you for everything that you do for uh sneakerheads anonymous for the culture connoisseur podcast um thank you for your time i know you have a million things to be doing and I definitely do respect the time. I will promise you that this podcast will make it on. It's live now, but it will definitely make it to audio version. And uh, and do you have anything that you want to put out before you go? As far as like your your shameless plugs, this is your this is your moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, positive me is just one of those. If you're willing to go into life with an open mind, those are the type of resources we're putting out there. It's basically just all about your growth and not worrying about what the rest of the world is doing, what the rest of the world is thinking. It's, it's pretty much just putting the power back in your hands. And that's what I really want for people is just to recognize how much potential they have, how much power they have, and how, you know, when there is a, a purpose and a plan for you that no matter what you think is standing in your way, like, it is absolutely yours. And I think, I think it was Chadwick, how did you say his last name? Bozeman. Yeah, tell it. Black Panther. I, I think someone had said that, that was one of his quotes was that, you know, and it's not word for word, so I'm really sorry that this beautiful man is getting, his words are getting butchered by name. But <laughs> it, it, basically they were saying, like, when God has a plan for you and, and insert whatever higher power anybody believes in, but, like, when there's a plan for you, it doesn't matter what perceived obstacle is there. Like, it is yours. You can absolutely have it. And so that's my mission with positive me is really just to put the power back in people's hands and to say, like, I don't care who you are. Like, you absolutely deserve the things that you want in life. Right. The the old Baptist, the old Southern Baptist in me would say, what's for you is for you. If God says it, no man can be against it. So that's that is where I'm at. And you can insert any higher power for those of you who guys are, you know, alternate thinkers. Um, so but like again, thank you so much. If you guys don't know, you guys can find her. She's in the top right hand side of her screen. It is at Instagram uh underscore positive me. Am I messing it up or am I got it right? No, you got it right. Okay, so yeah, you guys can follow that link or follow that in your bio or search that. It'll also be a link in the bio so you can di- directly to her and gain access to her. So thank you again for being on Stacy, and until next time, deuces.